Hi, I'm Suzanne Story, and this is Love in the Time of COVID-19. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Love in the Time of COVID-19. We will talk about how relationships are changing during this time, but it's more about how we react to those changes. Please take a moment for yourself, breathe, and enjoy the podcast. The United States has done an about-face on advising people to wear masks in public in the past week or so. At the beginning of the outbreak, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's health officials sent a clear message. Masks should be reserved for health care workers only. Seriously, people, stop buying masks, said the U.S. Surgeon General Jerome M. Adams back in February. They're not effective in preventing general public from catching coronavirus, but if health care providers can't get them to care for sick patients and our communities at risk. But now, after evidence that asymptomatic people can spread the disease, the CDC is recommending that all Americans wear masks when out in public to help prevent the spread of the coronavirus. And while the CDC now recommends Americans wear masks, They recommend only cloth coverings or homemade masks and ask that medical grade masks still be reserved for healthcare professionals. The science of infection hasn't changed, but experts point to a better understanding of how the coronavirus spreads as the reason for the shift. Since some people are asymptomatic and could still be infecting others without knowing that they have the disease, experts say it's prudent for everyone to wear a mask. This is similar to the practice to what has long occurred in East Asia, where people wear masks to avoid spreading illness or to ward off pollution. Throughout the coronavirus pandemic, a majority of people there have been donning masks whenever they go out in public. I've been wearing a mask since the outbreak, says Oi Ling Lam, a financial worker in Hong Kong. It's normal for us to wear masks here whenever we're sick. Even if we just have a slight cold, we still wear masks. We don't want to spread the infection to others. Lamb said previous outbreaks, such as severe acute respiratory syndrome, better known as SARS, which spread like wildfire in Hong Kong in 2003, have made people more inclined to take whatever measures they can to protect themselves. We learned many lessons from SARS. I wore a mask during the outbreak and I'm wearing a mask at this one. Even if the government or health experts didn't recommend it, I would still wear a mask. I won't take any chances, Lamb explained. Mitsutoshi Hori, a sociologist professor at the Shumai University in Japan, now working in the United Kingdom, explains the East Asia way of thinking. Anyone can be carrying the virus, even without symptoms, so everyone should wear a mask. Also, he says, in densely populated areas, of which there are many in Asia, a person might be in contact with someone who's carrying the virus on public transportation or even into the house. Hori also thinks that different cultural norms have been a factor in shaping attitudes toward mask wearing. In the West, if you cover part of your face, people think you're a bit weird or suspicious, Hori says. 
Because of that culture, people prefer to read scientific evidence, which goes against mask wearing. But in Japan, for example, mask wearing is so common that they trust it, and they look to the scientific evidence that justifies the wearing of masks. The American take on masks has evolved over time, Hori says. The whole practice of face mask wearing started in the U.S. during the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918. But interestingly, in the U.S., there was a strong public reaction against mask wearing. Many people thought that it was against their civil liberty, and they fought against it. So there was this cultural aspect that people didn't like being told what to do. But there are also issues of supply. In East Asia, people can buy masks in many places. The region has a well-developed infrastructure for producing and also distributing masks. This is not yet the case in the U.S., where mask shortages are commonplace at hospitals being hard hit by the epidemic. There are people in the U.S. who will surely put on a mask or other facial coverings and immediately invite their friends in for a three-hour poker party, and we're saying, please don't do this, says the CDC. These masks don't make you bulletproof. You have to add the masks onto social distancing and stay at home and maintain proper hand hygiene. Don't use them as a license to suddenly become very social. Don't go out in groups of people or invite them into your home. But many argue that masks, while not perfect, provide at least some level of protection. Even if scientific evidence to support the efficacy of public wearing masks is still pretty thin, experts like Schaffner at the CDC says that one certainty is that there is a psychological benefit to wearing masks. Without the mask, we're all sitting here as potential victims waiting for the virus to find us, Schaffner says. By putting on a mask, it moves the control to us. It may not be something important we can do, but it is something that each of us can do. It provides a sense that the individual is more actively resisting the virus. Even if the benefit is modest, I really think it's good for us, Schaffner said. When I think of masks, I have several thoughts. Socially, emotionally, spiritually, physically, on the social level, I wear my mask into a store and I don't have to wear lipstick or really if I'm wearing my glasses with a mask, I don't have to wear makeup at all. I get a pass for the day just by wearing a little mascara. It is a definite win-win for me, but not a win for the cosmetics industry, I think. I found that when I choose this method, I tend to overdo my eye makeup a little bit. So I better talk with my eyes and not my mouth. Speaking of talking with my eyes, I have a small theory about mask wearing in Asian countries. I've noticed through our Korean exchange student that most Asians seem very serious all the time. Very little emotion and really no nonsense all business approach to things. Whereas here in Texas, a person is more likely to talk with arms flailing and a big old goofy grin on their face. Here in Texas, we tend to speak with our whole body. For example, when I go into a place, I'm just shopping along with a big old grin on my face under my mask. Yet no one can really see it. So maybe that's why Asians are so serious. Maybe? It's because they are used to no emotions under their mask. And that idea stays with them when they're not wearing a mask. And they're still very serious. I can't personally imagine ever talking without smiling. And my friends always say, Suzanne, if we tied your hands behind your back, we would render you mute. 
I have to tell you that I have tried that before and that was not the case. I just talked and talked and talked. When I think of the emotions of wearing a mask, I immediately think I hate it when it makes my glasses fog up or people can't adequately see that I'm frowning because I'm sad or I'm sticking my tongue out because I'm actually being very silly. Emotionally, I believe my mask wearing has taken away from my ability to express myself. I need to remember to use my words and use them correctly while mask wearing. Spiritually, wearing a mask is a little bit more delicate or weird of a topic. Our church just started back up in person last Sunday and we were a sea full of folks in pews wearing masks. It was distracting and a little off-putting, but in the long run, I think God approves and that's okay by me. Physically, I have now amassed, thanks to my mother, about six different masks. I have an Easter mask, a Valentine's mask, I have a butterfly mask, and a plain white one bordered in yellow. I have an Akona ball glove mask that is super cool, not only because it allows me to wear lipstick under my mask because it doesn't touch my lips, it has N-O-K-O-N-A stamped on the outside of it. I'm about to be the recipient of a State of Texas and a world map mask, and I'm very excited to add those to my wardrobe. Most Americans have never had to wear a mask for their health before, let alone while they shop for groceries or go for a run. So even as businesses or states increasingly require them, rebellion is natural. I think Americans need to think of the mask guidance not as forced conformity, but as a necessary act of solidarity. Wearing a cloth mask could stop seemingly healthy people from infecting others with coronavirus if they're asymptomatic. We're all hopeful that this pandemic will disappear, but for now, we really depend on the trust and kindness of others to protect our well-being, and that's part of being an American. Some think it infringes on their civil liberties, and I even have friends that think this, even though I couldn't get one of them to talk about it on the podcast. Even though wearing masks isn't compulsory in much of the U.S., adhering to these rules may feel like, to some, a forfeiture of their freedoms. People naturally rebel when they're told what to do, even if measures could protect them. People value their freedoms. They may become distressed or indignant or morally outraged when people are trying to encroach on those freedoms. Some have compared the mask guidance to a ban on smoking cigarettes inside a restaurant or the wearing of seat belts in cars. There are rules about not smoking in enclosed restaurants and bars because that smoke can be bad to someone else's health. Now we're in a situation where if I'm infected with COVID-19 virus, my breath can be lethal to someone else as well. Within a day of issuing an emergency proclamation requiring masks, the city of Stillwater, Oklahoma amended the proclamation after citizens threatened violence. Many of those with objections cite the mistaken belief that the requirement is unconstitutional, and under their theory, one cannot be forced to wear a mask, said city manager Norman McNichol. No law or court supports this view. To some, wearing a mask means admitting fear that they may not have consciously confronted yet, says David Abrams, a clinical psychologist and professor of social and behavioral science at New York University's School of Global Public Health. Many view the mask as a walking symbol of vulnerability. 
that tells others you're scared about contracting the virus. So to compensate for that fear, and as a show of strength, they may reject the masks entirely, he said. To the people who choose not to wear them, putting on the mask is about as blatant as saying, hey, I'm a scaredy cat, Abrams said. Within three months, masks went from unnecessary for healthy people to recommended for anyone who gets out in public. The conflict guidance has given Americans a bit of a whiplash. But that guidance has changed when researchers learned about the high probability of asymptomatic transmission. Wearing a cloth mask isn't foolproof, but if someone is infected and doesn't know it, a mask prevents their breath from traveling far and potentially infecting others. For example, I was in a big box store the other day looking for some scrubbing bubbles and the woman behind me was looking for Lysol. She very unexpectedly sneezed and I felt it all over my back and neck. I immediately went into a bit of a shocked state and things kind of started racing through my brain. Like how fast can I get out of the store? How can I clean this off? How can I drive an hour home with her bodily fluids on me? And why did this have to happen to me? Well, guess what folks? I was wearing a mask. She was not. So if there's any misunderstanding about why you should wear a mask, let me clear it up for you real quick. It's the polite thing to do, and it protects other people from you. I need to add one thing about mask wearing, though. I have noticed that I touch my face a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot. And when I'm wearing a mask, I'm fairly well prevented from doing that. And in my mind, at least, that's a pretty good thing. I'll be back right after this. Ah, the census is a special time when we count every single person in the country. Do kids and babies count too? Of course. Counting everyone in your home helps support your neighborhood by funding schools, hospitals, and more. So complete the census by calling, going online, or returning your form by mail. It's totally private. Visit 2020census.gov and make make your family count. count. Brought to you by Carnegie Corporation of New York and the Ad Council. I have discovered, when it comes to masks, there is another political fault line in America. To wear a mask or to not wear a mask. Suddenly, it's become very political. Even though it's a medical thing, a way to prevent the spread of the novel coronavirus and to cope with the global pandemic that has already led to many, many American lives lost and counting. The political dispute over masks, such as it is, was inflamed in recent days. President Donald Trump did not wear a mask at a Memorial Day event, while presumptive Democratic Party presidential nominee Joe Biden did. Trump retweeted a post from Fox News political analyst Britt Hume, which had a photo of Biden in a mask and mocked the former vice president. This might help explain why Trump doesn't like wearing masks in public. In a CNN interview, Biden called Trump an absolute fool on the mask issue. Trump also mocked a reporter for wearing a mask during a briefing at the White House. On Thursday, the president retweeted a link to an article in The Federalist titled, Mandatory Masks Aren't About Safety, They're About Social Control. 
Polling has shown when it comes to wearing a mask, there are partisan differences. According to a recent Kaiser Family Founding health tracking poll, Democrats are almost twice as likely as Republicans, 70% to 37%, to say that they wear a mask every time they leave their house. And while most people, 72%, think President Trump should wear a mask when meeting other people, only about half of Republicans, 48%, agree. The partisan difference in opinion and behavior regarding masks is largely driven by Republican men. About half of Republican men report wearing a protective mask at least most of the time when leaving their house to go someplace where they may come in contact with others, 49%, and smaller shares say President Trump should be wearing a mask. Nationally, some top Republicans are urging people to wear masks, including Ohio Governor Mike DeWine and North Carolina Governor Doug Burgum. In an emotional plea, Burgum said, if someone's wearing a mask, they're not doing it to represent what political party they're in or what candidates they support. They might be doing it because they've got a five-year-old child who's been going through cancer treatments. They might also have vulnerable adults in their life who currently have COVID and they're fighting the disease. U.S. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky has also endorsed mask wearing. Recently, McConnell posted a photo on Instagram in which he was wearing a mask as he thanked some of Kentucky's frontline healthcare professionals. When our nation comes through this pandemic, it will be because American heroes like these won this fight, McConnell wrote. In the end, there might be an easy solution to this cultural and political clash. Red masks and blue masks. Or how about elephant masks and donkey masks? Sounds like a plan to me. Anchor.fm and Apple Podcasts bring you great podcasts just like this one. Please like and review my podcast on Apple Podcasts because that's what helps my little podcast be found easier. I'm Suzanne Story, and this has been Love in the Time of COVID-19, brought to you by the studios of North Fork of Red River, a Texas-based studio.